from the old National Bank State Street studio, this is Waddle and Sylvie on WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. We'll get you updated on uh, what's going on with the White Sox and Mike Clevenger. Article in The Athletic today regarding the open investigation that um, is going on with Mike Clevenger with domestic violence allegations from the mother of his child. This goes back all the way to last June. Uh, The White Sox in their statement say they, they didn't know about these allegations or the investigation when they signed him. Um, I'll read you the entire statement when Jesse comes on in about seven, eight minutes from right now. Jesse will tell you uh, what the White Sox are thinking. Could they release him right away? Are they going to let this play out? Um, he's never pitched for them. They signed him to a one-year, $12 million deal. Um, so there's a lot going on here with uh, Mike Clevenger. And uh, I'll read you some of the details of the story coming up in a minute. We talked to Greg Olson today. If you missed the interview You need to download it. Um, All the podcasts are always available on the ESPN Chicago app right there on the Waddle and Sylvie tab. It is so easy. All of them on demand. Um, And Greg Olson was on for nearly a half hour today. He's going to be broadcasting the NFC Championship game. Of course, he's a former Bear. He's a former Panther. He's a former Man of the Year in the NFL. And right now he's in the number one booth for Fox and he's going to broadcast the Super Bowl. We joked with him about Tom Brady. What do we need to do to keep Tom Brady out of the number one booth as well? I think you're, you suggested we'll go go do something to Tom Brady. Wasn't that what you or said? Like tweet. Uh, what do we need to do we to need Tom a, Brady? To... A, a little campaign. Oh. Do we need to start a, a letter writing campaign? Do people still do that? We need to contact the bo- no, bosses at Fox. No letter no writing. Letter. You might have to put Twitter, together tweeting Fox. Can we tweet Fox? You probably could. Hashtag keep Greg Olson. Greg Olson, number one booth. We don't can make, do stuff. Don't make Tom Brady swear at you. Yeah, he did that to his guy. He's not going to treat you the way he treats whatever his name is, Jim Gray. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, and you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Whoa! Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. I Thank don't you. know why, how I Jim Gray has worked his way into being so many of these guys' guy. Because he, he asks them, are you still a nail-biter? <laughs> it's so odd. I want to play you a couple <laughs> of these things before we get a, a talk to Jesse about the serious topic. Um, this was last Friday. These are the last couple of shows we did before today. Last Friday, we had Field Yates on the show. Field Yates, remember, uh, started his career uh, with the New England Patriots as an intern. Then I believe his first full-paid scouting job was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And also in the office right across the way was Ryan Poles in his first paid gig. They started in the business together. And uh, Field Yates has followed the Bears closely because of his connection with Ryan Poles. And this was 
what Field Yates told us about Justin Fields. I just, I mean, I think the world of him. I think he's awesome. I think he is one of the greatest things that has happened to the NFL this season. And I think that um, if you don't think that a big driving force behind what took place this year is a player's work ethic, then I think you're kind of just missing the boat on Justin Fields. So if we learned nothing else from Justin Fields, we know that he cares a ton about being a winning football player, even if the wins were not were hard to come by this year. He cares about being great, and he took major strides towards that greatness. Over-the-top love right there, right? Field uh, was glowing and didn't hesitate. No, didn't. Um, and then this was... Um, this is Robert May's meantime. From yesterday. With your question. And I want you to not only listen to his answer, but listen to the pause after your question regarding how he feels. And Robert Mays does great work for The Athletic, does his great uh, football broadcast, a uh, football podcast. And uh, listen to this pause and then to the answer. A little more skeptical. Where is your optimism level with Justin Fields and the Bears quarterback? I want to see what happens. I want I want to see what happens with better players. That that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I I've always been worried about the internal clock mechanism and the amount of sacks he takes. That is something that a quarterback owns more than people like to admit. Is how you create your own pressure, and I think that it is an underlying skill. For everyone that's trying to make comparisons with Justin Fields and some of the other quarterback development success stories that we've seen over the last couple of years, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Go look at the sack rates for Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, even when they weren't playing quarterback very well, even when the other numbers weren't great and the passing statistics weren't good. It was still a lot better than what you're looking at with Justin Fields. So that still gives me pause, even when you consider how bad the surroundings were. I want to see if that issue can start to be mitigated if you have receivers he trusts, if you have an offensive line that can function. So I'm curious. I'm obviously excited by a lot of the stuff he did, but I think that there's still a lot of stuff you'd want to see if you were a Bears fan and if you were the Bears organization. I think the best part of it was your oof. After he he didn't come out and have the same glowing response as Field Yates. He's it's a like, Bears fan, and I, he caught me by surprise. Well, I mean, like, I does it, anybody... It's great food for thought. Yes, I'm I, not, don't, I don't think anybody is... Like, if they're guaranteeing you something, then you can see the future. No, of course. And I'm not looking to just have my cup out and have everyone pour me Kool-Aid. <laughs> I would like that to happen. But I know that that's not... That, that's, it's cool. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great food for thought. It is. It was, I was surprised by that long, like, listen... Where is your optimism level... With Justin Fields and the Bears quarterback. I want to see what happens. I want, I want to see what happens with Oof. better players. That, that's kind of where... That was such a long pause. I was not... Look, I'm like, hello, Robert, are you still there? See, I don't have... If you want to be over the top, like, like Field and optimistic about it, I'm not going to... Like, I can't kill your buzz. I don't know. If, like, you have a more measured approach like Robert Mays does... I don't have a problem yeah. with that either. It, it's like, really- what have you seen so far in the last two years where we all are acknowledging the circumstances of the situation? What has led you to believe that this is a sure thing? No, there is. Conversely, I would ask, what have you seen that would lead you to believe 
or would lead you to not want to give him the benefit of the doubt to see how he performs with better people around well, it would him. lead you to believe that he can't yes there there's no reason to say he can't there's no reason to suggest either that he's he for sure going thing. to be an elite quarterback that's why this you know this is the toughest position in all the sports to play and a lot of times it's the hardest equation to solve all right let me give you the white Sox statement as we move on here Jesse Rogers uh, is going to join us here in a second. And Jesse contributed to the report. You can read it on ESPN.com. Major League Baseball and the Chicago White Sox take any and all allegations very seriously. And the White Sox are completely supportive on the joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy shared by MLB and the MLBPA. MLB opened an investigation after learning of these allegations. The White Sox were not aware of the allegations or the investigation at the time of his signing. Talking about Mike Clevenger. The White Sox will refrain from comment until MLB's investigative process has reached its conclusion. Now, there are a lot of Sox fans who are calling for the release of Mike Clevenger right away. That is because of the details coming out of the athletics report Um Today on TheAthletic.com, this is um, the allegations from Olivia Feinstead, who is the 24-year-old mother of Clevenger's child. I'm reading from The Athletic right now. She told The Athletic on Tuesday that she has been in contact with individuals from MLB's Department of Investigation since this summer. According to Feinstead, she has detailed to those investigators incidents of physical verbal and emotional abuse, including an incident from last June in which Feinstead said Clevenger choked her and another about two weeks later when she said Clevenger slapped her in a hotel room when the team was playing the Dodgers and threw used chewing tobacco on her child. A source familiar with MLB's investigation process confirmed there is an open investigation on Clevenger. The source added the White Sox became aware of the allegations after he was signed. So and then there is more on, on, the, on the story as it goes in. Those are the details. And uh, Jesse Rogers has further details as he joins us right now on the baseball beat. Jesse, what can you add to this? Well, it's not good for the White Sox, no matter how you kind of um, split this whole thing up. I mean, they're going to come out being on the losing end of this thing. If they release him, they owe him $13 million. If he's guilty, he's suspended. They don't have to pay him, but then they have a guy under contract for however long that he's suspended. We'll see. And who committed domestic abuse, right? Like it's not, it's a, it's a lose lose for the White Sox, unless I suppose he's found not guilty of everything. Um, but we'll see what the court of public opinion feels about this. Here's the problem: the whole process is confidential. So even though he's under investigation, the player and the agent certainly know, and the league knows. It doesn't mean the White Sox have to be told that as he goes through the free agent process. Now, we can argue whether the White Sox doing their due diligence should have figured out this guy has some issues. I don't know if they could ever figure out he's under official investigation or not. But, you know, I could have told you this guy had some goofy parts of him in his background, but he played on two different teams, had no issues in terms of suspensions and things, right? He played for the, the Guardians and then the Padres, and there, there's some goofy stuff in his background, but you, you can't make that leap to domestic abuse. Do you know so, if there was ever an arrest? Was he ever, is there? Uh, not that I know of, okay. no. 
Not that I know of, no. I think our so, biggest question, Jess, was what is the procedure? Like, if in fact Major League Baseball, and you answered the question, if Major League Baseball has opened an investigation of a player, it, they're not bound to tell all 32 and uh, Major League Baseball franchises about that. Nope, they are not. And the player is not. He can not. Maybe this is why he signed a little bit earlier, like he signed December 4th or something before the winter meetings. Who knows? I'm sure the fact that he was under investigation played a part in whatever he was doing this offseason when it came to free, to free agency, right, when it comes to free agency. Him and his agent are huddling, and let's sign before she goes public or someone else goes public with it. I'm sure those were the conversations they were having. In fact, it's, it stays confidential. I, I just read the, the policy unless a third party goes public, as she did today. And, and boy, read the Instagram story. Those are some damning allegations. So as she goes public, now the league can comment on whether there is or is not or, or not an investigation. And they were able to confirm through, you know, through sources that there was an investigation once she went public. So that's the only way it can, it, it can go public is if a third party does it. And so, again, um, the White Sox in the dark for most of this, but there were some there's some mud there. There's some. There was some smoke around him. Even going back to last year, I, I, when like, he what signed, are you talking, Jesse? Like, what do what do you say? Are you saying the COVID stuff? What What are you talking about? No, not no. I'm talking about this. There were there's some issues with him in his past, but you can't necessarily make the leap to domestic abuse. And I'm talking about with women and things like that. But you know, so look, what, my point is the White Sox could have figured out they were signing a guy with a sketchy past, but not necessarily know that he was under investigation for domestic abuse. So, so that let, let so me, we, go yeah. ahead, Jesse. Finish, no, finish, I would finish, say, finish. so we can sort of be critical of the White Sox and, and their due diligence, but I don't know if we can go to the, to, to, to the to sort of the extreme and say they should have known, which I'm sure a lot of people are probably saying. If he is found guilty of this, can the White Sox get out of the contract uh, for just cause and not having to owe him anything? No, they can't. If he's found guilty, he'll, he'll serve an unpaid suspension. Let's say it's three months. Then they, when he's reinstated, he they have to pay him for the final three months of his contract. It's a one-year deal. I think there's an option as well. But, yeah, no, they cannot get out from under it unless uh, they release him, but they still have to pay him. There's no way they cannot pay him if he's back in good standing after serving a suspension if he's found guilty. Do you believe the White Sox will wait to let this play out or because this is a player – who really they don't have a history with that they want to cut ties with ASAP and get through this as quickly as possible? That's a very good question because my initial thought in, in talking to people um, associated with the White Sox is they were going to let it play out, right? That, that's my initial thought. But you know how the court of public opinion can change things, right? Um, so I'm going to say that yes to letting it play out today. In a week, in a month, when spring training starts and media is there, like myself every day, it could be a different situation. I will tell you this. If this, if she had gone public on June 1st or May 1st during the season, he'd probably be on administrative leave right now, which is a paid administrative leave just like our was for like a year as they investigate. The fact that it's happened in the offseason gives them a little bit of time. I'm sure the White Sox are hoping MLB's investigation wraps up by the time pitchers and catchers report, because otherwise it's going to be a distraction. And maybe at that point he gets put on administrative leave. So I, I do think that there's some time here where they probably won't release him or do anything dramatic. 
But by spring training, they, they may have to make a decision. That decision might be to release him or it might be to let the process play out. I, I think there's probably some procedural. And Jess, you, you cover this stuff better than anyone. There's probably still some procedural stuff that they have to abide by, even if they want to make a, a quick decision. Like I don't the I, I, some of this stuff is collectively bargained too, isn't it, Jess? Oh, all of it is. Yeah, yeah all so, of it is. I just I mean, reread the 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 policy, and it, it states clearly about confidentiality, protecting. It says to protect the rights of the player, and then there's yeah. also other language to protect the rights of the victim, obviously. So it is a strange scenario that a player can be under investigation and go through the free agent process, and the team signing him isn't told, isn't told anything. Now again. Could they have found out on their own? Could they have got contacted um, the, the the mother of the, of this child? I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know what the level of due diligence you need to do or you should be doing. Um, but uh, in terms of being told he's under investigation, they don't have to be told. I would think, too, at this point, you have access to, like, character research, like Jess is mentioning. I would assume that once particular procedures followed they'll make a decision really quick on this don't you think jess yeah i think so um i think the fact that again that most of this is happening now in the offseason helps um the white Sox. Uh, i don't know if it helps the league because this this does go back to last summer and i'm just you know it, it's hard to bring up unless you unless it comes public my point is when he signed i kind of knew there was some smoke to his background i didn't know it was to this level and i'm not going to go on the air and say that without any proof without anything but my point is there was this isn't completely out of nowhere to hear something negative about mike clevenger i will go that far to say that so um or maybe with addison russell kind of came out of nowhere right nobody nobody had heard what was going on and then boom it, it went public but if so, you knew jesse why didn't they yeah, I, but I didn't know the extent, and I guess that's the same thing. Plenty of players with shady pass get get high, get, get uh, signed, and nothing happens, right? So I don't, I, I can't say I knew the extent, and I, I'd probably have to say the same thing about the White Sox. Now they're the ones on the hook for thirteen million. Should they, should they be taking a chance with someone that has some shadiness on his in his back? I don't know. That's the part I just can't answer because um, I just don't know where that due diligence falls. But I will say. There was some smoke to this guy, even going back to last summer. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, people I, at ESPN kind of heard, heard stuff about him. and uh, But again, to this point, no, we did not know he was under investigation. I want to make that clear. Hmm. Uh, there's no easy way to segue from a conversation about something as important and as serious as this to Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame vote. But yep. um, I guess Scott Rowland got in. Yeah. Is he yep. the only one that gets in? Yeah. He's the only one. He's the only one. I'm glad at least someone got in. I'm one of those guys that thinks it's silly if no one gets in. What, what What's the point of having a Hall of Fame if at least one doesn't get in every year? But that's a different argument. I voted for Roland, so I'm glad he got in. I voted for six others that did not get in. Who'd you so, vote for? Are we allowed to ask you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's public. Uh, Beltran, Helton, Kent, Roland, Sheffield, Wagner, and Mark Burley. That's my vote. So you're not voting you're- for the steroid guys? I didn't vote. For, there's only two really right now, and that's Manny and A-Rod. And I didn't vote for him my first. This is my first year voting this year because they did fail a test. OK, they did fail multiple tests. In fact, Manny and A-Rod. Now, will I, could I vote for him in the future? I probably could be convinced. What of will it. change, Jess, yeah. between now and the, the time the when you decide come back negative yeah. in a couple of years? And I don't no, mean to grill no. you. You know, we love you. But no, like, no, no. Look, when I when I when I first got the ballot, I told myself I'm not going to be one of those guys that 
doesn't think he's a Hall of Famer one year, and then three years later, I think he is. Like Right now, the, the six guys I voted for, as long as they're on the ballot, I'm going to vote for them every year. But I did make an exception with A-Rod and Manny kicking, the, kicking it down the road one year at least, just because they failed tests. And I agree 100% with what Carmen said during crosstalk. Like Beltran's a whole different category. A 40-year-old, final year of his, of his career, banging some trash cans is not going to keep keep me from voting him into the Hall of Fame. But I he, mean, he, he, he orchestrated cans. it. Like again, I don't care. I, and neither do I. I don't either. I think if you want Beltran in, you should. But again, like to make excuses to the level of cheating and to to make excuses that he was 40 and it was this... Like, I, like, if you're going to excuse one form of cheating and not the other, now we're just playing fast and loose. Like, just let, let them in and tell the damn story. Yeah, I probably will. But here's the difference also. The reason I say one year is final year. Because if he had built up a, 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 a library of numbers based on cheating, uh, stealing signs for a decade, this is why he has the home runs and the on-base and everything else, then I would look at Beltran differently. That's what... Some of these guys that took the steroids did. They built up their numbers because of steroids. Beltran did not do that because of stealing, being in some trash cans I, I was as just, a four-year-old in, in, this, in Houston this is, for his final season. I think, for a lot of people, of I think this is a hot – some people will suggest this is a hollow you know, perspective on it. But I get it. Positive test. How many people didn't get pinched but were using? And you say, well, you got – but but – Common sense would tell you yeah. that these weren't the only no. guys doing it. So doesn't that factor into people's decisions? I get it. You got caught. I get it. But you can't yeah. tell me they were the only ones. You're going to tell me of all the Major League Baseball players, these are the only guys that were using. No, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind Piazza was using. He's in. So, look, I would have voted for Bonds because I think he had a Hall of Fame career before he took, and he also didn't fail. I'm just kicking it down the road one year. Because they actually failed tests. They were dumb enough. I mean, mm. how dumb was A-Rod, right? Uh, even at the end of the steroid era, he still took and got busted for a year. So I'm just kicking it down So the you're road making him year. wait another year. That's your yeah, punishment. That's a, you're in, you are actually serving your own personal amount of punishment it's on Just because it's his first year. <laughs> and, and there's rumors about Sheffield, and I absolutely am adamant about voting for Sheffield. So Big poppy had rumor. Uh, like but in, you know what? Yeah. Big smile, funny guy, very nice gregarious. guy, gregarious. Give you a strong hug. Yeah. Yeah, but where are you going to let him in? But, but I like Manny. Manny was friendly. I mean, A-Rod's a whole different category. But Manny, I have no problem with Manny, so it's not about that. I heard you guys talk about that. I could care less about how they treated me or media. That Most of us don't care about that. There's a few old school guys that do. But the beauty of the Hall of Fame, guys, is it's over 400 voters. So I think we're going to get it right at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. If there's a few that are bad apples, there's not hundreds that are. Just there's means there's more morons in the group. Oh, yeah. Wow. He so. just called you a moron, no. Jess. You guys are good, good friends. We're all good friends. And he just gave you the moron tag. Look, am I a moron because I voted for Mark Burley? That was a homer vote for sure. But I did because I think 14 straight years of 200 innings. Mark seasons, Burley was great. He's getting my vote. Yeah, he's getting my vote. Jess, and I how think, about this? I, I think you should and you did vote what's in your heart. We can just respectfully disagree with your heart. 
No, I agree. I agree. Trust me, I understand the argument. And in a year when I vote for them, you'll probably make fun of me for yeah, yes. Yes, I'm going to make fun of you right now. I'm going to make fun of you 364 days in advance because that is horrible logic, brother. At least, at least with 10 years, you, you do get to sort of kick it down the road a little bit. And that's what I did with those two. Still love you. <laughs> All right. See you later. See you, All right, boys. Wait, wait to hear uh, what, what on the first year of Scott Rowland's ballot, what he got. And he gets in today. So when was his first year? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you when, okay. when we come back. All right. Scott Rowland gets into the Hall of Fame. It's, it's this bitch session every year because the way they do it, they pick and choose. It's this, it's this weird thing in baseball. And it's, I think it's terrible for the sport. Um, the best players are not in the Hall of Fame. I think the players who are not in the Hall of Fame could beat the players who are in the Hall of Fame in a game of baseball. I would like to see that one day. I've always said that. My team that are, that's not in the Hall of Fame could beat the team that is in the Hall of Fame in a game of, of baseball. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we come back. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Do, da, dippity. You can get with this, or you can get with that. You can get with this, or you can get with that. According to uh, Sarah Langs, Scott Rollins uh, at one time had a 10.2% uh, approval rating for the uh, Hall of Fame vote. He must have gotten better as time went on. His first year on the ballot, he got 10.2% of the vote. It was the lowest uh, percentage in a player's debut on the ballot who eventually got in on the writer's ballot since the voting returned to being annual in 1968. That's according to Sarah Langs. Now, she wrote very cool to see. I believe that... The reason he's getting it, even if it's like Carmen laid out, look, he was the standard as far as a defensive third baseman. And as Carmen pointed out, the offensive stats are probably better than you remember when you lay it out analytically. Like there are better ways to measure than actually now than when he played baseball. Like right. there's a greater appreciation um, uh, with, with a lot of the numbers that you can see. Uh, to measure his offensive stats. But still, like, at one point, only 10, 10% of the voters thought he was a Hall of Famer. What changed? I, uh, the, the changing is the way they continue to vote for the steroid guys. Maybe and the last steroid is- guys who are even on the ballot now. Like Jesse said, there are only two steroid guys really on the ballot now. Right. Well, and maybe, like you said, as more as analytics become more a part of the landscape, maybe people look at Scott Rowland differently today than they did then when some of the metrics that are popular now weren't part of the equation back then. See, I, I, I think it's more about uh, Tyler Miller. Was was last year Bonds's last Clemens and Bonds? Was that their last appearance? So, yeah, yeah. Was, you're correct. Mm-hmm. See, I think when those guys leave, they were very close too. Weren't they on the doorstep? Weren't they in like the sixty some yes. per seventy percent somewhere around they, there? I don't think they were at seventy, but they were both in shouting distance. Sixty seems you know somewhere yeah, between sixty. They, they were getting closer and closer every year. Yeah. So Bonds was sixty six. Clemens was sixty five last year. And I think now when those votes go away, like you could still vote for ten. 
Like, you get 10 guys, and it, Scott Rowland's first year got 10%. And, like... I think it should be one and done. That's it. I, I don't agree with that necessarily. Like, uh, like, I remember in these football votes, too, Meller, that there's greater appreciation. Richard Dent took a lot of years. Dan Hampton took a lot of years. We're growing. We're, there's greater appreciation for what Mongo has done. Like, I, I think there, there's new lessons to be learned each and every year. So I'm fine with that. I just, I, I, I think that these guys, the way they all the, on their moral high ground is what pisses me off mm-hmm. as a baseball fan. I hear you. But my, the, the whole point of if you make it one or done, one and done, and that's it. If you, you're either yes or no. And I think that's what it comes down to, to the point of what has Scott Rowland really done over the last five or six years to change your mind. And, like, and you, and Carm's right. I do think there has been, you know, people are all of a sudden like, it's not all about RBIs. You know, a guy brings more to the table. I understand that. And if you want to have a conversation about maybe, you know, opening up the idea of enhancing what the Veterans Committee can actually do in those scenarios, I'd, I'd be cool to have a conversation about that. But I think that the, it should be, hey, is this guy a Hall of Famer? Yes or no? And it, it shouldn't be, okay, well, this year we're light on Hall of Famers. Let's make sure Roland gets in. Yeah. Uh, Byron in Northwest Indiana, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Byron? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, so to Sylvie's point, what I want to find out is, is whenever you make a bold statement and say that the non-steroid guys or the non-Hall of Fame guys can beat the Hall of Famers, I'd love to hear what's your, what's your lineups, what's your batting order, or, or what is your – your, you know, your fielders, uh, what's your lineup to where you can say non-Hall of Famers are going to beat the Hall of Famers? I will also say I am in agreement. I believe the steroid guys should be in because they're some of the best players in baseball, and you need to just tell the story when they're in there. But I'd love to know, to make a statement such as that, I'd, I'd love to hear what your lineup is. Yeah, Let's put our lineup together. Uh, yeah, yeah, and i got to go off. The, like, I mean, obviously, let's go non-steroid guys because – Pete Rose and Joe Jackson are on my baseball team right away, okay? So those are two guys that you may not think about if you're only thinking about steroid guys. Those, so they're on our roster. They're, they're playing yeah. on our team, obviously, and Pete Rose could be our leadoff hitter. He's, one of, he's the hits king, right? Yes. He's, our, oh, he's yeah. putting, the, putting the ball in play, yes. and he's, he's leaning off for us, no probably. No question, yeah. So setting the table, he's a table setter. Right, I mean, and then, and then like, we have A-Rod. And are we, we going to bet? Barry Bond second because that means he'll get to the dish more frequently. Do we bat Bond second? Probably. I think we He's lead him probably off. Probably your best hitter. Or so are you leading off Bonds then? The great thing about this lineup is it's not like you need a guy who's gonna you know move someone over to second. Whoever's hitting second <laughs> is gonna, gonna hit a lot of dingers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's no Mickey Morandini on this roster, <laughs> and, and, and like we have like. You have you have A Rod and you have Manny Ramirez. Okay, wait a second. So I got A Rod and you short. Have Mark I got, McGuire I got and you Manny have Sammy Sosa. Third. Who's at second? Who's playing second base? We well, can put, put Jeff Pete there. there. We can put I Jeff can put Pete yeah. there. Oh, Pete came up go. as a second baseman. Right, McGuire's playing first, right? He's not going to. But so the yeah, so McGuire is going to be your first baseman. Mm-hmm. He's kind Sammy's, of a, he's, McGuire's kind right. of a weak link we'll on our, this so, roster, isn't he? He is, but in his yeah. best years, he was awesome. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna say under Sylvie's condition, we've got uh, Mac on the juice, the good stuff. So okay, it's, it's a good McGuire year. Yeah, of course. Sosin, right? We'll let we'll, Manny, 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 a shortstop, right? A Rod's at short. Yeah, Manny DHing. Ooh, who's at third? Hmm. I put Manny at third. Oh, no. Well. 
Manny Ramirez? Not at third base. You're thinking of Aramis. You're thinking of Machado, I think. Where where did Manny play the majority of his time? Left field. Left field. Because he, he played bathroom, some. Did he play, that's right. In DH. Yeah. That's right. Okay. We also got Sheffield, who has not where made did it. Joe, like, who gives where, where a rat's did, ass if where, he can play defense? Where did Joe Jackson play in the field? Right field? I think it was a right fielder. I think. Sammy could play a little I'm center. I'm trying to remember back to the days I was watching Shoeless Joe play. Joe Jackson played uh, all over. He came up as a center fielder, played a little right, played a little uh, left. Even Can had a, be our a little bit first base, catcher? too. Who's our catcher? Hmm. Iron. Oh, Ivan Rodriguez. Pudge. Oh, right. Or did he make it? Did they, no, I think they, he's no, in, isn't he? he? I yeah. think they, is did he they put him in. Pudge another, another stupid reason. Yeah. We don't even know which steroids yeah, he's guy. in. He's See? in. He, and we all know he was a steroid guy. Canseco named him in his book. Oh, Rafi Palmero. He's got Ooh, a lot of home runs. Yeah. Rafi, where Rafi's we Rafi's a first baseman, though. I'll throw the tools of ignorance on him and put him behind the dish. We're going to put Rafi. What the hell? Who Rafi cares? Rafi Palmero? Yes. We're not playing defense. We're scoring runs. <laughs> We're giving the ball. Who are we giving the ball first to? We're giving it Rodgers. to Rodgers. 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 Yes. Yeah, nobody's hitting Followed him. Followed by Schilling in game two. Yes. yes. I mean, come on now. And then Roger in game three and then Schilling in game four. <laughs> Right? That's yeah, how we're doing this. Pitch. And there's no closers in the Hall of Fame, pretty much. So we can pick of the litter there. I Listen, mm, I would that's put... That's a great point. I would put Bonds behind behind the plate, but I don't think there's a mask that you could get to fit him. <laughs> Bonds is going to catch for us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit more research on this tomorrow and come up with... I'm telling you, the lineup of non-Hall of Famers... Can beat the ass. I listen. Of I, Hall of I, look, I feel like I feel your momentum and your passion no, and your energy. Absolutely, I don't think we can put a lot a list together. Yes, that we no. can. I, Sylvie's absolutely right. I don't. Sweet I don't Lou think we Whitaker can do it. is going to be our second baseman. How about that, Sweet Lou? Well, <laughs> what does Sweet Lou do that keep keep he him second out? base? I know, but like he's just he's not Hall of Fame caliber, is he? He's close. So why are we just going to pick a guy? <laughs> well, we need somebody to play second base, so we'll take a really good second baseman who's not in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's Sweet, not going to help Lou our Whitaker. game. Or just, okay, fine. You want Jeff Kent instead? Jeff Kent. Not really. No? We'll find somebody. I like. But this, that yes. means that hurts our cause when it says we're putting together a team because those that are in the Hall of Fame aren't worried about trying to find a second base. I say we we find one weak link just to stick it to the Hall of Famers. Just to say we beat you with that guy in yeah. our lineup. Yeah, it's a good call. Mickey Moore and Dean we can, can be beat our second you. baseman. <laughs> we can beat you with ours, and then we can beat you with yours. No, we're going to play Lurie Garcia in second. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, and Tony LaRusso could be our... Oh, no, he's in the Hall. He can't manage us. That's right. <laughs> he can manage the Hall of Famers in this game. He's a Hall of we'll Fame baseball with Pe- man. We'll beat him with Pedro Grafal. How about that? No, Pete's our player manager. We don't need a manager. Oh, we're no, no. We're going to make some bets. We don't, yeah, we're like, going to yes. bet on and against it, our yes. team. He'll be throwing games. He'll be betting against us. No, he won't. He'll he only bet on things. his yeah, team. Sure, sure. You just you bite your tongue. Do you know how much money we can make by doing a Cooperstown a charity softball game How about uh, between the Hall of Famers and non-Hall of Famers. Do you know? Or we just build a shed and we put all of these guys in it and we sell tickets to come in and, and, and say hi. Just a shed? Whatever it well, is. I mean, can't we do better than a shed? Well, I, where are you getting the funding for it? You know, I'm just saying, I bet we could sell as many tickets to come in and see the band Hall of Famers. Do you know how much people would pay to come in and see see those guys? 
Pete would be sitting out front signing autographs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got... It's a who's who. Yes. It's the best baseball players ever. Barry Bonds is one of the greatest players to ever play the sport. Right. Ever. How many people could we get in, and How many people go through Cooperstown every year? Don't know. Do I'm f- not going. Oh, yeah. uh, why, why do I, I want to go to a baseball museum that doesn't house the best baseball players? That's this is, a fair you know point. What, this is what we, they should do at Soldier Field when the Bears leave. The non-Hall of Fame baseball museum. Oh, Lori Lightfoot, you hear this? You still can't get there to go into the damn museum. You can't get in and out of it. Well, if they build the new, uh, what they showed us in the video, we could have the new, uh, what was it called? The Shy... The Shy Line. The Shy Line. We'll, we'll, take we'll deliver there. everybody in the Shy Line. Yeah, that'll get built. All right, well, this is a good, this is a good, uh, this is a good thing we got going. This is hot. All right, this this is hot, very hot. Scott Rowland gets into the Hall of Fame. Woo-hoo. He had 10% of the vote a few years ago, and now he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, 312-332-3776. Tyler and Meller are in for Black and Abdallah today. If you missed their show, it's available on the ESPN Chicago app. They were in for Greeny today. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Hey, Vic, what's up? Hey, guys, good morning. So, Cap, I want to circle back to the coffee thing from this morning. You know, I got to say, you sounded like a whiny little bitch. Best thing from the from the day. That was it. Vicky. How did Cap respond to Vicky? <laughs> How does he usually respond to Vicky? Take that. <laughs> Vicky said you're absolutely say. right, Vicky. Did he? Through his headphones. Seriously, what happened? I think he took it in stride. Did he? You're like Vicky's got away with him. Vicky uh, is a P1. Yes, I know L- Cap L- is fond L- of Vicky. Yes, yes. And I think he took it in stride. Wow. Like, I mean Shay took a sip out of his coffee. He didn't want to drink it anymore. I get it. Linda, not everyone likes uh, germs. Some like germs. Are you some saying don't. Shay's got germs? Germs? I think we all have germs. Is, it, is that some, not the case? Probably so. Some are probably more potent than others. I think what Cap could have done. I don't think it's it's the worst thing. Did he thing call Shay out and start yelling at him? I think uh, yes. I think he made a big deal. Like he uh, wanted a new cup of coffee. <laughs> or, or wanted someone to go get coffee. I think many people did offer to go yeah. get him some coffee. Um, he could have taken the lid off and put a new lid on. Like, that would have rectified the situation. He wouldn't have had to drink out of the same lid. Swipe the top off with the Clorox wipe. That would not. I think that no. would do more harm than good. Okay. Don't you think? Probably. That stuff is gross. I'm not saying then not, you. Not, I, I'm not saying right. then you drink out of it. I'm saying you know wipe it off and then go rinse it and then put it back on. Yeah, Can't I don't you do think that? you're not. I mean, I don't think you're supposed. That's for countertops to get the germs off. I don't think that's. Why for, are you wiping your hands with it then? The Clorox. I don't yeah. think you're supposed to wipe your hands with the Clorox. That's not. That's not that, a wipe. That's, a, that's disinf- not a handy wipe. Disinfecting wipes. It's for countertops. Finished wood, sealed granite, stainless steel, and your soft palms. No, that's not. That's what it says. It's not. Are you wiping your hands with a Clorox wipe? If I have to. That's not like when you go to Carson's Ribs and they give you that little well, that's thing different. Yeah. to wipe the barbecue sauce off your fingers. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> I probably 
Not probably. I've definitely had a Clorox wipe on my hands. I've used it like when they first came out many, many years ago before, like well before all this stuff. I remember when it first got out, I used it on my, I think like it was back when we were in the Hancock building. Peggy used to have them. I'm like, oh, put it on your face. Wipe the face. Because I didn't, before like I knew what they were, I thought it was like something that they would Did hand you get a out. rash? No, it was like absolutely gross. Yeah. But yeah, the first time I saw them, I didn't know what they were. Guys, so tonight when you're doing the show, stay away from these if in fact you're thinking about washing your hands. They are not wet wipes. Noted. They're not wet wipes. They're not wet wipes. So Meller and uh, Tyler, you guys are uh, in for Black and Abdallah. What do you guys have coming up? Talk some football, some Hall of Fame. Have some fun tonight. Oh, man. I had a whole bunch of soccer talk ready to go. Well, did Tyler just nixed all of that? Well, I hadn't run said, it by no, him, but I, I no just soccer. assumed we were going to do two hours on me. of Premier League talk. I guess, I guess not. Usually you can't find a, a large number of people to all agree on something. All four of us are on the same page with the Hall of Fame, right? Aren't we? Like, it's silly. That they screwed, it, screwed yeah. it up? Well, yeah. yeah, that it's silly not to put the steroid guys in, put them in and tell the story. I'm with you. Yeah. No, agreed. Okay. It, it seemed more, it seemed like it was more of a consensus earlier. It didn't seem like a consensus right there. I don't understand what is wrong with putting on the plaque accused of performance enhancing drugs. Barry Bonds hit 700 some home runs, accused of performance enhancing drugs throughout his San Francisco Giants days. Yeah. I mean, they, haven't there been stuff from other guys? Hasn't the, the Hall of Fame housed different memorabilia from guys? Yes. Oh, yeah. Balls. Excuse me? Bats. Oh. Hats. Yeah. Gloves. From guys that Shoes. are allowed in. Yes. Socks. Bloody socks. Wasn't Schilling's bloody sock in there? I don't know. I've never been to... Uh... To Cooperstown. I've only been to, well, I've been to two Hall of Fames. Can you guess them? Uh, Canton and Southern Illinois. No, I'm talking about professional sports. Uh, I don't believe, have you, you haven't been to the NBA Hall of Fame. I have not been to the NBA Hall you of Fame. You haven't been to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hell yes, I have. The Hockey Hall of Fame Toronto, is fantastic. Baby. Yes. Wait a second. You went to Toronto. Bears were playing Bills. Yes. And you went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know I went to the Hockey Hall. You don't even know how the game is played. What were you doing there? This is the hockey show. Do you know how interactive and fun it was? Name your five favorite Toronto Maple Leafs players. It's more of an amusement park than a Hall of Fame. Yes. And that's why it's great. It's like a Dave and Buster's, but hockey themed. It It really is. I feel left out now. I I feel like I... Meller, have you been there? I have. I've been to Canton. I've been to Toronto for the hockey, and I've been to Cooperstown. Have you been to Tyler? I've been to Cooperstown and then the Hockey Hall of Fame. Well, what the what wait. Hall of Fames have you been to? Not the Hockey Hall of Fame. Have you been to the baseball? No. Have you been to the NBA Hall of Fame? No. <laughs> been so to Canton. There that's it. It's Waddle's the only one who's not actually yeah uh, in the basketball. Look at hall you. Of fame. Hey, listen. But I'm, he's the only one to have been to a Hall of Fame to see his own memorabilia. That's true. He got to see his stuff that the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame had on him, which is cool. And my college Hall of Fame, and my high school Hall of Fame, and the Chicagoland Hall of Fame. Here goes you, you could have been there. I was honoring there was Joe a, Kim Noah. It was a big Bulls game. It was a Bulls-Knicks game. <laughs> Joe Kim Noah night. He was a great bull. All right, Miller and Tyler are coming up next. Thank you. 
to both of them for what and Greg Olson yes, was spectacular. Best. So was Barstool Big Cat. Get both of their conversations on the ESPN Chicago app. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Tuesday night.